This is the Brian Suits Show. AM 770 KTGH, uh, did the United States just cyber Pearl Harbor, Russia? The head of Cyber Command says maybe that happened. We uh, we don't know. We'll get to that here in a second. Also, younger kids are talking about harming themselves in the state of Washington. It's poison control that is uh, at the lead of the, the story that no one's talking about as we come out of the pandemic or not or uh, whatever. If you don't write checks, how do you pay? Well, here's Randy Moss with that answer. If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. I don't know if you ever called this, Greg, but what happened was I think the Vikings were at Lambeau Field and Randy Moss mooned the end zone. It was I. It was like a game-winning touchdown. I think he was in the snow in Green Bay, maybe. Yeah, and and the and the NFL fined him for mooning the crowd after after a touchdown. And the guy and the the guy said, uh, "Are you to write a check?" And Randy Moss said, "Randy Moss doesn't write checks." And so we said, "If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys?" Straight cash, homie. So that's what it is. You know, I, I because it's already Wednesday and it's already modified my plan on driving home that I'm going to combine normal errands for efficiency and time's sake anyway, but also because of the over. By the way, if you're if you didn't gas up last night, um, so and you went to the pump this morning, then <laughs> you're correct. That is five cents more than it was yesterday. So there's there's that. Um, I, so anyway, I, I, I recommend the Straight Cash Homie Challenge. Well, this, uh, a couple things uh, locally, and this is something that uh, Fox Q13 um, covered. The Washington State Poison Control Center. Um, th- this is a, 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 a really weird thing. You know, when they're talking about uh, kids dead by firearms, and MSNBC uh, the idiot Joe Scarborough just pounds on this all day long, and they cherry picked um, a, a number of American troops uh, uh, killed in uh, 2019 uh, or, or something, and uh, uh, black men killed by cops. They they added up all these like cherry pick categories, and ki- people under 18 killed by firearms is a greater number. <clears throat> um, they're leaving out something. And in doing so, they're, you know, advancing an agenda, they're bearing a lead that the majority of those firearm deaths to our everlasting shame are suicides. They're leaving that out. Um, they're they're making it seem like there's a, you know, school shooting every 12 hours or, or, or something. Well, they're, they're, th- this is sort of obscuring something that's very real that... Uh, is ongoing, and it's not just firearms. And that's why the Washington State Poison Control Center is, is involved in this. It's easy to talk about, but it's important. New data from the Washington Poison Center shows an alarming jump in self-harm and suicide in children as young as 10 years old. Health experts say all the signs in recent years have been pointing to a youth mental health crisis now it's time to act. Fox 13's Jennifer Lee joins us live in Seattle tonight. Jen, what do parents need to be on the lookout for? 
Many of these cases, these young children were swallowing medication to attempt a suicide. It's difficult to process and comprehend, but there are proactive steps that parents can be taking. And I mean, first of all, you're, if you're shocked, you're correct. That's the correct answer there. That for some reason, there's a dividing line. It's like below 12, kids go to their parents' medicine cabinet. And oddly enough, kid-proof uh, bottles are not as kid-proof as it as it says on on the bottle. Um, they're they're taking more of whatever it is you're taking, and that's why poison control is involved. Because in in many cases, the, the kids are are not killing themselves, but they're getting poison. They're overdosing, and that's that should be shocking enough. Um, I haven't heard anyone get into the origin of what's driving uh, an age group that, that normally was, you know, such an outlier, you know, over the past, well, in my lifetime, a nine-year-old, I mean, accidental death is, is one thing, but the fact that this line uh, is, is coming down to, to 12, 11, and, and 10 years old is, is shocking. One of them being an open and consistent line of communication. There's troubling new data that says more than a million children are going to emergency departments for suicide. The Journal of the American Medical Association Pediatric says that number has doubled in the last decade. Dr. Kira Maseth of the Department of Health Behavioral Health Strike Team says there are many layers contributing to the youth mental health crisis. A big Anyway, I'll save you a minute, 51 more seconds. The, oddly enough, a giant guess, everyone, where, where was the biggest, over the past 10 years, the biggest jump was which two years? Here's a hint, you're currently at the tail end of one of them. Um, yes, forever, ever since we shut down schools, and also it's regional. The bluer your state is, the more likely the teachers union insisted it was just too dangerous to be at school and be in class and your kids stayed at home. And there was a resultant despondency. You know, I don't know what <clears throat> where you put the motivation uh, there. It's a combination of things where kids that normally look to school as a refuge because they are in abusive households were being forced to stay in abusive households. They were getting abuse all day long, unbroken. And that the refuge that they found school to be was denied them by, by these adults. It, it, it's uh, um, among some other decisions that we made. <clears throat> um, you know, this, this is why when, when the first history of the Chinese bat soup flu is written, I, I don't want to read it because it's not going to be written by my generation. It's going to be written by our kids' generation. And it's not going to be very forgiving, not not a bit. And and so, I mean, there's no excuse for you having an unlocked firearm in the house where the kids can find it and they can accidentally kill themselves or intentionally kill themselves. But this is this is not firearms. This, this is medicines in the house. And these are kids that over the past two years have been despondent enough that they killed themselves. And nobody is... I mean, th this is the first, uh, you know, le sort of leapfrogging off a Journal of the American Medi Medical Association and a Washington State Poison Control Center story. This is the first time I've seen local TV uh, do the story. But uh, don't you feel, Greg, that everyone knows that 
clinical depression is spiked with our kids and all but mm-hmm. no one no one is admitting that we this is a self-inflicted wound self-inflicted wound yes and i think we need far more talk about what the root causes of the issue and the spike in suicides is i'm trying to get out in front of this as a parent of three young kids that are not yet teenagers that are still at young tender ages but i get asked all the time like oh man aren't you worried about this data and worried about your kids going to junior high and high school with the increase in depression and self-harm and all that stuff. Of course, I'm concerned about it. And I'm taking mitigating factors into play right now, including, but not limited to, restricting my kids' access to glowing rectangles not introducing forms of social media to them and talking openly and honestly about how radically uh, communication has changed in my lifetime and in their lifetime and saying, this is a tool. This iPod you have here, this iPad is a tool that can be used for good and evil. You will not fully comprehend or understand the extent to which this thing is impacting you at this age, but your mom and I know best, and here's why we don't want you using TikTok right now as an 11-year-old. Here's why we don't want you on Instagram, because this will have a detrimental impact on your ability uh, to critically think. It's going to impact you in ways you don't even realize. That's one of the first factors But, but uh, I mean, over the past two years... Play. Yeah, uh, go uh, ahead. Um, you know, shutting down the daily social interaction with peers, with other mm, seven-year-olds, yes, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, that w- none of us know at all what that would do because it never happened to us. Good point. <clears throat> My grandma and grandpas lived through the... 1918-1919 influenza at most the schools were shut down for a few weeks here in seattle for for like three weeks four weeks in 1918 and then the tide of the spanish of the incorrectly called spanish flu uh passed by Th- this has not happened in anybody's lifetime and you would think it would be common sense that n- the number one thing would be okay how do we protect our kids well that uh, that was the good news in march of 2020 first tranche of data from italy first tranche of data from china kids are virtually immune great news everyone we can keep the schools open we that's not what happened we assume that everyone's equal um <clears throat> and that an 86 year old you know whose age is a comorbidity is equal to a seven-year-old who's virtually immune and we shut the most important thing in a young kid's age is that daily routine. I mean, I, I got to say, in my control is we came from the most shut down county in the most shut down state. And if not for getting on Xbox and seeing the faces of her friends, they weren't even playing games. We have to keep talking about this coming it, back it, from the break. It, it, you know, I have a lot more to say about that. This, that was you it. Do too. And and then the the change um, when we come back, I'll, I'll tell you what what I've seen and why I'm more convinced now that my daughter is going to write a scathing history of, of the just of COVID in COVID authority generation. Uh, AM seven seventy KTTH. AM 770 KTTH Brian Six here uh, with producer Greg talking about uh, this uh, story from Q13. 
um, uh, about the Washington Patrol uh, Poison Center uh, d- describing the spike in younger, in single-digit age kids, eight yep. or nine-year-olds poisoning themselves in, in suicide attempts. And th- the thing that I noticed was, you know, I was really lucky, like most people, if, you know, if you work from home, then you, you should have paid attention to your kids. And I, I was able to pay a lot, lot of attention to my to my daughter and the whole thing. And so I checked the mood and we went out, we broke the routine. We went, you know, went up hiking in the mountains, you know, the whole thing. But I can't replace just doing nothing with a friend but hanging out. You know, I, I'm dad, no matter what, I'm dad. And so moving to our bucolic uh, South Sound community, it, she actually had to get acclimated to walking out of a school and then doing whatever the hell she wanted and and, mm-hmm. and and friending up, chumming up and walking around town and popping into Starbucks and all that. And, and you know, my only rule is tell me what the plan is, tell me when to pick you up, you know, and all that. And the her attitude towards her life and confidence and her grades and everything is is night six months later it's night and day and i mean i i was really worried and I, I was worried about her her friend and also luckily we had a group of we had a cohort of parents who understood how important it was to just ignore these these ignorant regulations about getting together and just <clears throat> um you know the one kid had a great pool so like with the parents we would text each other and say you know saturday 9 a.m let's drop them off let them play in the pool which turns out to be a vat of chlorine and and so that that it was us coming together which which saved um you know the 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 kid never mind the social media you know crap um you know which is a poison that's going to stick around after covid's gone but you make such an important important point about pandemic restrictions being a factor here in these deaths of despair amongst young people Uh, i know of a middle middle schooler who did school from home for two years she might as well have been in a prison was in her room doing class online uh staring at this screen no social interaction at all in person with anyone her family was uh, one of these groups that you know everybody's going to be on lockdown our kids not going to see the light of day and this person uh out of sheer boredom sheer boredom and, and despair uh, resorted to drinking uh, this is a junior high junior high student junior high but ra- raided the the parents liquor cabinet because bored out of her skull right and it's so important that you hit on that. These kids have social anxiety now. Furthermore, it exacerbated the problem with children being addicted to screens. And our family is guilty of this as well. Uh, with our 11-year-old, wasn't able to see her friends for a long period of time. We said, man, as much as we want to restrict your glowing rectangle usage... We want you to be able to communicate with people in the outside world. And so we said, here's how you FaceTime your friend. Here's how you text your friend. But then the paradoxical aspect to it was, I think in the long term, doing interpersonal relationships on screens are poison for people. Absolute poison. So then we had to go, whoa, we need to pull this way back when we started seeing people more in person. But you had just trained your kids how to use their phones, and they got used to them, and now you're going, wait, I can't use this device now that you just put in my hand during the pandemic when I couldn't leave my house? Yeah, and I mean, th- this is where, <clears throat> you know, it-, it was an annoyance for the first couple months in 2020, then a severe irritation when it continued, and then I got to the point where I thought the teachers' union should have been charged with child abuse, 
you know, by by late 2021. And then it's what drove us to get the hell out of of uh, of the hellscape and, and, and come up here. And I was really surprised at how long it it took my daughter to to get normal because because things returned to in-person a, a, a lot faster in some communities here in the state of Washington and parts of Oregon, um, certainly not King County, certainly not uh, Pierce and certainly not Portland. Um, you know, I mean, that was really, you know, it, it, it's because we don't remember because it was normal for us to be in junior high when we were 13 all day long, you know, especially up here this time of year, you know, you get up when the sun hits your face at 7 a.m. and you're not home until 930. And this is back when we couldn't call our parents. That, that That's why summer has such a great memory for so many of us, especially up here. And so. You know, we we had our kids go through that for two years without experiencing that. And when you're ten years old, that's one tenth your life. You know, and and it's and and because kids aren't sophisticated enough to like talk about their feelings or whatever, <clears throat> they go to the medicine cabinet and and take yep. a handful of whatever you did this morning. Right. And I want to make one final point about uh, this story about the uptick in suicides uh, amongst young people. I'm a big believer that as a parent, one of the things you can do to get out in front of this as your kids grow up is to instill in your kids an ironclad identity that can withstand the greatest pressure from the outside. Life is going to present every person, young and old, uh, with ups and downs, high points and low points. If a person is truly secure in who they are, if they know in our family that they're designed for a purpose and have infinite value. I think that is young people's best fighting chance to avoid a death of despair and also healthy, fruitful relationships with people, a support system uh, of individuals that are also uh, ironclad secure in their identity as well. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, as if we were not being, uh, Donnie and Debbie Downer enough. Uh, it, it, <laughs> hey, that was a hopeful note. I just ended this. I, I, you know, I mean, that's the thing is you have to acknowledge that we have no idea what they went through, but we did it out of what we thought were, were their best interests. Um, and we, we had in, in the school that, that the elementary middle school that, that we left, she had, my daughter had two classmates, uh, killed by their dad. Uh, he he lost a job during the uh, pandemic. Oh, jeez! And, and he was locked up. The family was locked up, and <clears throat> in late late twenty twenty, he did something unspeakable to the two middle middle school uh, class uh, age kids. There was a welfare check. A couple of days later, deputies came in and found the unspeakable scene, and then all of a sudden, and now you're doing grief counselors over Zoom. Or Google Classroom. No. And I was like, no, just turn that off. And and my daughter's like, oh, they said it's mandatory. The way they have to talk about, you know, the. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's go to grab your wetsuit. We're going to Santa Monica. Um, You know, it, 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 it. You have to acknowledge nobody, even the experts, they didn't know what they were doing these last two years. And we're the canaries in the coal mine. Are the data now of kids, younger kids now attempting um, uh, suicide? By the way, if your kids know the, the term ideation, you got to sit down with them. Because the, the anyway, uh, back in a second, AM seven seventy KTTH. Brian suits here.
I see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the cheesecake factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that, but. Yeah, uh, total mystery. There, there you go. Captain Obvious now accused in that uh, in that crime. AM seven seventy KTTH Brian Suits here with uh, producer Greg in Seattle. Z and <clears throat> it's crazy. It's almost because they want to be able to say the first city in the country to do this, but uh, now requiring that the, that gig employers pay uh, a Seattle minimum wage to employees, and I don't quite get. Yeah, what if you're working outside of it means Seattle based or what? I'm not the criteria is a little unclear to me, but uh, I I don't know. I got to say I haven't lived pandemic wise. I, I'm always just outside Grubhub's range, and I think we are now also. But have you ever done producer Greg? Are you in? Grenade, have you ever done Grubhub? It seems it's awfully expensive. I've but, done Uber Eats. What, well, what's the main difference between Grubhub and Uber Eats? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> is it is it because you're just too busy to hop in the car? I just think they're eating my French fries, so I've only done it once or twice, and then I got a weird feeling. Like, that's who's what, this that's stranger story, giving me food? That's why I won't do it, because yeah. I, I hear those stories about people like saying that like there's a bite out of a claim jumper you know cheeseburger i mean whatever yeah i mean mcdonald's is like five minutes from my house if i want it uh, i'll put the keys in the car and start her up it's just like an extra 10 bucks and i don't i don't understand the profit margin huh? you know but but the profit margin is that you are driving your car making up you know taking the jobs you want to take and all that now it's got to be Minimum wage, and I think the law of un- unintended consequences is going to be happening uh, right here in Seattle. Boy, so much to unpack uh, today ab- about th- the success of different approaches with homelessness. So, again, the mayor of Seattle, Bruce Harrell, unveiling his plan to rely on an agency he really has no control over, uh, the regional homelessness whatever authority uh, for Seattle uh, homelessness, but the the main deal is n- nobody in in. I, I saw most of the coverage of the j- huge announcement of the mayor's new plan, and there's there's one word that nobody uses. This only reinforces our commitment to act and develop new solutions that better meet the needs of those in crisis. After months of promises, Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell today outlined his plan to help tackle the city's growing crisis of homelessness. When Bruce Harrell ran for mayor, he promised a solution. But is that really the crisis, Eric? I, I thought of all pe- up to Eric, I thought of all people, he would be a little more uh, beautiful apartment building going up with a view of uh, Green Lake for people making under forty-five thousand or what, whatever. I'm not sure how the criteria is to get in there for free. But the what's made really clear by a Q13 uh, is that even Seattle officials, like the deputy mayor, are aware that there's more now more beds than there are homeless that they count in, in Seattle. So maybe we're opening up the data for everyone to see. Bruce Harrell boasts he wants to be the most transparent mayor in Seattle history. Oh, we can see right through him. And an example of that is the new public-facing online dashboard, where anyone... Online dashboard. We got a new dashboard. That ought to do it. The online dashboard. Nowhere in any of yesterday's 
uh, reports about hit the the plan to forge new coalitions of of cooperation and when you know whatever his phrase is, I can't find it now. I, I labeled it wrong. You know the, what can't the, you find? The Bruce Harrell drop. The, the co- oh, the cross departmental Pro- associational yeah. regional. I, I gotta find that. <laughs> um, uh, and and so I need a Harrell file. It, what's crazy is simultaneously, you know, they did up in BC in Vancouver. There's there's an ongoing problem there exactly like ours, with the with the same origin of the problem, and it ain't lack of housing. It is drugs, and it's been going on longer in Vancouver than it is uh, here. Oregon decriminalized certain illicit drugs, and that's been a disaster. Vancouver knows it's not a lack of beds, lack of homes. You know, and and all that. <clears throat> Here's the six objectives in, in Bruce Harrell's plan. One, supporting regional solutions. Boom, done. Anybody know what that means? Why is there five more? That that ought to do it. <laughs> Two, bringing people indoors. Well, what if they don't want to come indoors? Because uh, usually, if you're brought indoors, uh, you have to stop doing drugs. Three, building more affordable housing faster. Again, this plays into the fallacy that, well, they just can't afford houses, so they're homeless. If they had the money, they'd be fine and well-adjusted citizens. Four, identifying needed shelter and housing. Five, expanding our public safety toolkit. Oh, yeah, there you go. Six, giving Seattle new ways to help. Oh, you know, I would have figured (laughs) six would be find out who looted that cheesecake. Three of these are very ambiguous. The other three I've already pointed out problems with. And none of them say drugs. That's the reason that there's homeless in Seattle is because they're drug addicted or they have mental health problems. And so those two phrases that pays are not anywhere in there whatsoever. And the umbrella over those six objectives is cha-ching. I mean, that's all. It's just all going to cost hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So, uh, again, just like um, guns in America, you're not even asking the right questions, which I got to unveil on Kennedy last night. Maybe we'll play. But if you're listening, you know the three questions that I ask. British Columbia has announced it will temporarily decriminalize the possession of small amounts of illicit drugs. The province asked for the criminal code exemption after overdoses claimed more than 2,000 lives in B.C. last year, mainly in Vancouver. Uh, This time-limited three-year trial, but they're going to draw the line after year three, is the first of its kind in Canada. Adults will be allowed to possess a combined total of two and a half grams grams of opioids, which includes fentanyl, uh, cocaine, which includes fentanyl, and uh, uh, methamphetamine and MDMA. So uh, while these substances will remain remain illegal, uh, adults found in possession for personal use will not be arrested. And the issue there, um, and one of the issues there, is that paramedics in, in Canada, uh, everyday cops uh, in in Canada, are are not running around with Narcan. Anybody got a Narcan? Um, and as a result. Thousands of addicts are overdosing and dying. All right. Well, um, I don't know what decriminalizing the fentanyl does uh, on, on that one. Not not quite sure, but it's a far more libertarian solution, shall we say. Heartless, heartless libertarian solution that I'm in no way in favor of whatsoever. But at least the Canadians are facing the problem. It's not tiny houses, and it's not a really, i got to say, 
Seattle gutted this apartment building and remade it on by Greenlight. They're great lofts. They're they're like stack LG washer dryers next to uh, you know beautiful new fridges, nice kitchens, um, and they're they're loft apartments for like seventy five people or eighty people or whatever. And of course, they're going to have those pesky rules like don't overdose on fentanyl and other buzz kills like that. Arr. So anyway. Uh, all right, we'll uh, be back in a second. Uh, AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. And uh, a, a fairly fairly shocking story that you'll, you won't you will hear anywhere but the 6 a.m. hour here on the Brian Suits Show um, about uh, a, 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 a Chinese army officer arrested in a U.S. Army uniform. Uh, what we know when we come back. It's AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. I don't sing along. AM 770. KTTH. Brian Suits here with uh, producer Greg. Uh, name that national anthem. That's here's a here's a hint. They're singing in Mandarin Chinese. Let our flesh and blood become our new Great Wall. That's another hint. Chinese nation faces its greatest peril. Anyway, that's the... Uh, there you go. It's the People's Republic of China, everybody, or Bad China. You know the lyrics by heart. Or West Taiwan, uh, as as uh, some say. Anyway, their army, the People's Liberation Army, is commonly called the PLA, which refers to the entire military, but also the army. Uh, the Chinese Navy is called the People's Liberation Army Navy, or, or the plan. Well, anyway, the, your this story may get coverage; it may not. But uh, at uh, Fort Hood, Texas, a Chinese, a PLA, a major in the PLA, Chinese major in the Chinese Army, People's Liberation Army, was arrested by the FBI or the Alphabet Boys, as some some say, arrested by the FBI as a U.S. Army captain, a serving officer in the U.S. Army, held the rank of major in the PLA. And Oops. the so the word is his acts his he was fluent in English but his accent was strong, and it was it was really clear, <laughs> and uh, but however d- just for for people unaware of how this works you can enlist as a foreign citizen and retain your foreign citizenship. Um, there, there's loads and loads of citizens of the Republic of the Philippines or Dominican Republic who who never take advantage of the fast track to American citizenship that that the uh, military offers. But <clears throat> anyway, to be an officer, you have to be a citizen. You have to be naturalized uh, or born here. And so this guy was evidently naturalized. Um, the The background check doesn't really reach back to when you were. 15 16 17 18 um but uh, so anyway this is this is going to be probably an FBI release later on today uh or or maybe Friday if 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 I were the Biden administration um but uh, the FBI arresting uh, on on base a serving US officer um who actually held the rank of of, of major in the in the PLA, are you following the other story involving China and Hollywood? China, 
China. Well, what a, you mean the ongoing purchase of Hollywood? So or? we were up on this story early, but in regards to Top Gun Maverick, there was the big controversy about the Taiwanese flag being removed from Maverick's jacket in the trailer yeah. for the new film. Well, there's an update on that story. Oh, did the real one make it into the movie? So people in Taiwan saw the film and claimed that they saw the Taiwanese flag back on his jacket at the beginning of the film. I wasn't privy to it when I saw it in person. When I go back for my second viewing, I'm going to try to confirm it. But there's stories uh, uh, from Deadline and Bloomberg saying that the flag is back and they're not showing the new Top Gun movie in China. At all. They don't like it because they think it's pro-America. It's jingoist. They- yeah, it's very, very, it's too pro-America for the Chinese. Even even though, I, from what I've read, even though the, just like the original 86 Top Gun where everybody knew it's it's the Russians. And in, in this, it's fairly clear it's not, China's not the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But it's way too this. patriotic, rah-rah American military for the Chinese Communist Party to show in their country. But this could be a positive sign, Brian. A little, hey, we don't need your money, and we, we're going to stick a finger in your eye here. And look, Top Gun's giving up hundreds of millions of dollars by kind of ticking off the Chinese regime, and I'm all for it. It makes me love the movie well, even I, more. <laughs> I think that the production company, including some Chinese investment, they're the ones who who originally uh, had the issue with the Taiwan flag, Tencent. Um, I think they were bought out. Their, their piece was bought out. Mm. Um, because here, here's some of the rules about the Chinese movie market. Only 10 Western movies at a time uh, per year, is it 10 or 20, they have a limit on how many movies can get into China. If you get into China, you can you're making money hand over fist, and they will bend over for that money. Um, you know the whole whole deal. Meanwhile, Chinese cinema makes Nazi propaganda blush. Current Chinese cinema, the, the Chinese moviegoers are absolutely rewarding Chinese filmmakers for the most over the top nationalistic. China is going to rule the world kind of movies. There was a series of movies that are so, two movies that are so influential that President Xi has has instructed all Communist Party members to see them. Wolf Warrior, Wolf Warrior 2. And he said, from now on, we must be Wolf Warrior Diplomacy and Wolf Warrior Foreign Aid and Wolf Warrior, you know, it's crazy. And then the, the same actor that stars as Wolf Warrior 1 and 2 he he stars and and produced this absolute whole cloth fictionalization of the Korean War in 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 this Chinese Korean War, <clears throat> uh, the the simple uh, volunteer Chinese army enters Korea because the evil uh, Americans, particularly the Marines who eat babies, uh, have uh, are occupying the the good uh, the good socialist people of North Korea. I mean, they absolutely leave out the part where North Korea invaded South Korea seventy two years ago this month in June of nineteen fifty, and they leave that part out of the movie. It's a it, 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 you know it becomes a default history. So the Chinese now are like, oh my God, look at our incredible victory through the will of our communist fervor, and all it takes is many hundreds of thousands of us to overcome the American firepower and their evil Corsair aircraft and their napalm and all. That, that is the stuff of Chinese cinema. So along comes Top Gun Maverick, 
and there's American flags left and right, and they're shirtless playing football. <laughs> cool airplanes, hot women. <laughs> um, yeah, and and there is there's a gigantic racial element that nobody will talk about, but about Chinese culture and the rest of the world. By the way, are there any? I know I I see there's there's some box checking female pilots in Top Gun Maverick. There's an uh, Asian pilot. There's an Asian pilot. Yep. Okay, is, is he Japanese, Chinese? What is they it? don't really signify. Uh, black sure. and all that. The Chinese hate that, um, and they 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 have a um, they they have a thing in their filmmaking that all the all the the movies must be in Mandarin. Um, there can't be a Shanghainese dialect, um, Cantonese. Um, certainly, there is Taiwanese is a dialect. It actually is, you know, when the mainlanders showed up in 1947, that was made really clear. Well, you can tell a lot about societies by who is allowed to produce art and what that art says about the current regime in power. Yeah. In in China, if the Communist Party doesn't sign off on the movie, it doesn't get made and it certainly doesn't get distributed. And so the fact that that uh, the Top Gun is flag-waving about American foreign policy going into a, a sovereign country just because they're enriching uranium or whatever the plot is. And it, 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 there's no way it'll, it'll get in there. That, that's why the Chinese hate the South Korean cinema because it's so popular in China, but it, it pimps up South Korean intelligence, military intelligence, spies, and all this. And scratch the service. Turns out South Korea is an American ally, and there's Americans on the ground in South Korea. But so, so uh, no, don't hold your breath. I, I think they made that calculation that that there's two worlds for movies. There's China and everywhere else. Uh, but you know, 1.6 billion people paying uh, 10 bucks a pop. That's a good chunk of change. And Hollywood is filled with horrors, so that's uh, that's why. Um, we'll be back. Hour number two, AM 770 KTGH.